0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Killer Serials. I'm Tony Jones. I'm Ryan Parker. And we are talking about the show Godless on Netflix. And today we're talking about episodes three and four. Episode three is called Wisdom of the Horse. And uh, it's a lot about Roy teaching Truckee how to ride a horse, how to break a horse and ride a horse. And... Bill has this pretty. It's one of the reasons I love Bill so much, Ryan. Is there's this very cool, like the guy can barely see, but he's able to kind of re-imagine Roy's stand against Frank's gang.
1: Bill is kind of tracing Roy's steps in the showdown. Right when he robbed Frank and his gang, and yeah, he can't see, but he has this great vision. And you know, he goes from being just a sheriff to a detective. I really (laughs) liked it. Mm-hmm. And then we've got episode four is called Fathers and Sons. It, it,
0: it's a funny episode. It bounces around a lot between characters. I thought it was a little jumpy. And it also suddenly, which hasn't really been a big part of this show, but suddenly there are all these extended flashbacks. So, we're getting backstory on multiple characters. We've seen, look, we've seen flashbacks because the opening scene of the show was a flashback because everyone in Creed is dead, you know, and we kind of that unfolds how that happens over time. But there's a long flashback about, for instance, Alice and when she was raped and when. Very Very traumatic. Bill saves her life and things like that. And at um, that
1: point, Bill it seems to be hunting, right? He's traveling with his wife, and they show up in the middle right. of this in the middle of this event, and they bring her to safety to another tribe where she meets Iovi. And what what well, we, we can tell it's is it, her is her husband is her second husband, right? Who yeah, it, it, you're it assuming, seems like he's right? there's, no, there's no detail right. there.
0: It he's returning. Alice to the tribe where she lives and she, she had been kidnapped along with a bunch of other women and children in some kind of a war uh, between tribes. I think it's funny we you, you know you you mentioned this to me before we started recording but it this show is getting a lot of buzz and it's getting great reviews yet you don't love it you think it's good but not great and
1: For, I, four episodes in I think it's it's good but not great.
0: On IMDb, it's got uh, 8.6 out of 10.
1: That feels um, way too high for me.
0: Here's, here's one thing I'd say, and I wonder if this is a strength or a weakness of the show. Speaking of tropes, it does play with tropes that are very common in Westerns. And I, I get whenever you're in working in genre fiction, there are certain tropes in you know uh, outer space science fiction stuff. There are certain tropes in buddy cop movies. It seems like in westerns more than any other, they are almost committed to using these certain tropes. So what we've got is, you know, it's very. We, not only do we have a widow, which is a common trope in westerns, we have many widows,
1: many widows, and, and,
0: and a couple widowers. We've got a, a long lost young kid, and every time I see him, he's that kid who plays Truckee is a terrible actor, and it reminds me of how bad of an actor the kid is in the movie, Shane. Shane! He's, come back, Shane! He's just yeah. as stiff. And I thought he was going to say that. Roy! I know, I know, right? And yeah. so there's that, and then there's like the the gunslinger who's now basically become a ranch hand and is like, you know, lowered himself to become a ranch. It, it's, it's almost stolen from the movie Shane, some of these things.
1: Yeah, and some of that, of course, as you say, maybe it's an homage to the to the greats of the past. But one of the things that are to the great Westerns of the past, but one of the things that we have to reckon with is that with so much content, how are you setting yourselves apart? And as we talked about in the last episode of this podcast, one of the ways it felt like this show was trying to do that was through this kind of all female town, right? Which is yeah. really not um, even into episode four has not played a major role in the series it's it itself is not a character most of the women in that town aren't major characters except maybe maggie i know we'll talk about her in a minute but it it's not doing anything different i mean you have when you talk about Trucky and you talk about native americans you have this idea of and i'm, I'm going to use these terms because they're uh, kind of been long used in these studies but you have the idea of the noble savage or maybe it's a ghost that's following Bill around on his investigation. Then you have Truckee, who is kind of just portrayed as weak, um, ineffective. And a lot of that I blame on the writing. Like I don't think that the writers care enough about him uh, to set him apart from anything that's come before him or to make him an interesting or compelling character in, in this series. And I think that's completely unforgivable.
0: Yeah, I mean, the one thing you got to say about Truckee is, like, um, when Roy shows up, Truckee doesn't know how to ride a horse. Truckee doesn't know how to hunt. Truckee, in fact, is afraid of horses. Why? Because he's being raised by women.
1: Well, and but, I don't think, and, and what's funny, though, but, is but, that... But it, the
0: two women who are raising him are two of the most kick-ass characters in the... This is,
1: this is what I wanted to say, yeah, is that that's, ex- that's really problematic. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because and Eovi, I mean, every time people roll up, to alice's ranch she meets them with (laughs) a shotgun like that's her definition of hospitality is i'm not pulling this trigger you know it's
0: actually actually a rifle but (laughs) yeah whatever sorry
1: (laughs) you hunter yeah i agree
0: i i am surprised by that but i'm with you also now look the women in the town are all kind of one character other than maggie You got Maggie and Alice, and every other woman on the show is just part of this posse who's like basically man hungry.
1: Yeah, that's true. Right?
0: Yeah. Or oh, there's there's a cute prisoner in the in the county jail. Like let's let's make him some biscuits and bring it over there. Like it's 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 really. I can see why the people are there's and then there's some really intriguing characters like Alonzo is the guy with the waxed mustache who's the head of the new security team for yeah, the yeah. for the mining company i love that guy he's scary as hell yeah, and when he shows actor. up when he shows up at the camp of the buffalo soldiers and kind of shoots straight with them a little bit you know i'm like this guy is you believable it's believable and stuff.
1: i will I, i've watched ahead so i can't say much about it but in the next step in the next episode of this podcast we're gonna have a lot to talk about in terms of the buffalo soldier camp and but yeah, I think that that is a that is an underserved community. It just felt like to me, or at least it's feeling like to me, four episodes in. Uh, it's a lim- what they're calling a limited series, so uh, you know whether they're going to have another. I don't know that there's going to be a godless season two, right? This just seems to be a self-contained. It dep- Well, it depends on the
0: ratings. I'm sure. Well, uh,
1: anyway, this seems to resolve itself. It seems to be. Oh, I, I've watched ahead, and it seems to be uh, this this one-off thing. So, uh, but what I want to say is that they're given seven episodes. Some of these scenes drag out far too long.
0: There's some long
1: scenes. And yet here we are talking about a couple of interesting locations, a couple of interesting communities or characters that we feel like were underserved and maybe could have had time to shine, so to speak, if maybe the editing would have been better or maybe, maybe there was a more diverse writing writer's room. So, uh, again, not to say that this makes for an awful show. It's just not as good as it could have been or set itself apart the way, uh, it could have.
0: Yeah. Like I find Whitey to be an interesting character. I want to know Whitey's backstory. Like he seems like he's kind of an orphan. He's, you know, a, a 19 year old deputy, uh, who's a heck of a gunslinger fallen in love with a black girl. And But yet he gets pushed around a lot. You know, he doesn't really stand up for himself. So, you know, it's just he's an interesting little side character who gets some extended scenes for sure. Uh, it's funny because Roy
1: and Alice, there's so much hidden about them. And let us t- let me tell you about Roy and Alice. This was like it feels like the most drawn out will they, won't they <laughs> in, in TV uh, this well, year. Well, I guess. I guess I should go to bed then. Okay, good night. Good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs> hey, let's talk about somebody that you find very intriguing in the character of Maggie and the situation. Last week you talked about how th- what, what so far has set her apart is, oh, she wear- her husband died and now she's wearing pants, right? And that's kind of yep. like playing yep. with these gender roles or expectations. I wonder if anything in episode three and four, because I think there is, if there things that anything happened in those episodes that kind of made you think differently about her, differently about uh, gender in this series uh, in, in general. Well,
0: she's involved in a same-sex relationship with the former prostitute who's now uh, the school marm in town, and that seems very loving, you know, in episode three, and very committed. And then in episode four, she catches her lover kissing somebody out another woman out in the street after dark
1: leaving another like, woman's house we don't know what happened
0: no we don't we don't know what happened
1: but she's
0: sure of what happened you know and acts accordingly it's not just that she's dressed like a man and because even when she you know walks out of out of a room past the newspaper guy from Reno who's come to town he looks at her as she walks past and kind of rolls his eyes and shakes his head like why is a woman dressed like a man kind of thing which I mean, I would think in the in the old west, surely that could not have been uncommon so out of place
1: when for, everybody's trying to uh, yeah. survive. And yeah, working hard. It,
0: it, it, here's the thing about Maggie. Maggie has been over the course of four episodes more and more marginalized in how the town is run. We when we begin, she's basically the acting mayor and by episode four, she's totally on the outs. Nobody's listening to her. If anything, they're kind of mocking her. Now, is that because she's a strong Enneagram 8 argumentative bossy person? Or is that because she's not acting feminine enough or, or a combination thereof? I don't know the answer, but you do feel for her. Because she's obviously very smart, and she knows what's happening, and she knows that
1: she's being marginalized. It feels like, where would you go as a writer if, let's say, we're going to let Maggie take... What happens to the story, or can you envision a future to this series if we were to say, hey, she's not being pushed out, that the women are going to listen to one of their own, would you say, oh, would you watch that and say, oh, well, that never would have happened, right? Right. Because they would have had to have relied on men, or they would have had to have relied on the mining, the mining business, and the men it took to run that, or they had to rely on the security of uh, of the of the mining company. Um, uh, that's what a funny you...
0: question. I, I guess it all would depend on how well it was written and acted. I mean, there is a scenario I could imagine in which Maggie is very convincing and convinces the rest of the women. We don't need outside mining companies to come and take 90% of our claim. Like we can go find workers. We can manage the mine. Hell, we can even go down there and mine it ourselves. Now let's talk about the mine for a sec, because I thought that scene, here's the one thing, one thing uh, I I do like the show and I, I want to get to Frank here in a minute, but it's beautifully shot. Sure. And I think that, I think the set, We've reviewed some shows that are really well acted and written, but the production value, because it's on a streaming service, they just don't have the budget, you know, etc. This is not one of those shows. This is like, this is a good enough show that it could be, it's got an HBO type budget. Like it looks, money. it
1: feels like there's money behind it.
0: It looks, it looks and feels like that. It, it, it's got the same rich aesthetic as Westworld, I think. It's that good of a show. With maybe yeah. not all the C- CGI that Westworld has. But it's not it's, as good as Westworld. It's not as good as Westworld. I hear what but you're saying, it, though. It's in that ballpark production value-wise, is what I'm saying. That opening scene of episode four of the mine, colli- of the mine disaster.
1: Yeah. Devastating.
0: <laughs> Freaking apocalyptic is yeah. what it was. Apocalyptic. Yeah. yeah. When Whitey comes up in the elevator with all the dead bodies and walks out, he looks like a ghost who's seen a ghost.
1: But could you imagine... I mean, I think it does a great job of conveying that. Of in one fell swoop, you know, half the town is gone.
0: I thought that was
1: when they do stuff like that. I thought, oh, that is that's that's pretty. Yeah, like I liked uh, I liked the as we've already said, Bill's investigation or Bill's envisioning of what happened. You know, I do like some of the flashbacks with Roy and his brother that we see in episode four. Yeah, where they real where we learn what happened to them and and. And, ha- and where they went you want to okay. talk about Frank though let's I want to ask you a question okay
0: When Frank shows up at the house that's under quarantine with smallpox, do you find it believable? I mean obviously a, a driving identity question for Frank a-, a-, a driving piece of his identity is he has had a vision of how he will die and so he does not fear death because he's not gonna die from a, a sheriff shooting him. He's not going to die from the smallpox. He's not going to die from Roy really good. Like he knows how he's, how he's going to die. Okay. Whether we think he's accurate or not is kind of immaterial because he is totally convinced that he's right. So he lives his life in a way that he fears nothing. So my question is this, when he sticks around that quarantine house and he's going to minister to these dying people, and she calls him pastor, by the way, because he's got that collar thing on at the time. Do you believe it? Do you believe that Frank has that side of him? Because we, all we've seen is a ferociously frightening bad guy. And now he stops to help these people with the smallpox.
1: That's a good question. It's definitely a part of the writers trying to lend some moral complexity to this, as you said, kind of a reprehensible character and to kind of complicate his nature. Yeah, I do. I don't... Okay, this is interesting. Is he there to minister to them or is he there to provide some relief to to them? And I think those aren't necessarily the same thing. And I do buy that he is he wants to provide some relief to them because he sees his little band of merry men that he's gathered that he is their father figure and that he has taken, especially Roy, for example. He's taken Roy under his wing. He saw him as a wayward orphan, as someone who didn't have family or a future and gave him one. Now, that may be couched in this kind of bizarre, weird, spiritual, theological it, it may be couched in this in this worldview that I'm not quite sure his followers understand, right? Um, but I think when he shows up at that place, he has intentions of providing some relief. Is it a way for him to atone mm-hmm. for things that he's done in the past? I don't know, but there was. Yeah. But I never doubted that murdering each and every one of those people in that cabin wasn't. An option for him to provide relief. Does that make sense? Yeah, but, yeah. But I, I only saw the future where everybody in that house is dead, and obviously, you're talking about a time and a place where people are suffering from a disease that would have killed them fairly quickly. They're going to. It's going to kill them all. Yeah. yeah. So, which is why the twins want to kill them, but could have certainly been a humane thing to do. Whether whether or not it's this notion of ministering, obviously, that's what. And, you know, obviously the woman in the cabin doesn't want that either. I mean, she wants relief. She wants some sort of comfort.
0: I don't get the sense that Frank is tortured by his past. Uh, He doesn't stop in this cabin to help these people dying of smallpox because he's trying to soothe his own tortured soul or make amends for all the people he's killed there there, well, is that, he not there, is, there. there is that kind of bad guy. There is that kind of bad guy who is like feels he's being tortured. He he does it out of guilt or something like that. The voices in his head tell him to, you get the impression that Frank, like Frank knows exactly what he's doing at all times. He's not driven by emotion. He is very rational about what he's uh, doing. So he just does this because it's the right thing to do, I guess. I think uh, we'll find out in the final three episodes of the season by by next week at this time, whether Frank is, I don't know, driven by something else or feels a need to bring everything, you know, wrap everything up neatly in a bow and bring it to completion or what. I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly. There, there's, but here's the thing. At least what I like about Frank is I got a bead on Frank. I got a beat on Frank, okay? I got a beat on Whitey. There, I got a beat on Maggie. There are these characters whose motivation I can understand. And even, I'm pulling for Bill. I love Bill. And he's losing his eyesight, and before he goes blind, he wants to do one heroic thing, because for some reason that we don't know, everyone in the town thinks he's a coward. When we've seen another, all we've seen is another side of Bill. He saves Alice out in the woods, He's a great dad to his kids. He's a great brother to Maggie. You know, he's going blind. Maybe they don't know that. And, but, and he's trying to hide, foolishly trying to hide that from everybody. Well, but the- I love Bill and I'm pulling for Bill. But I don't know what Roy and Alice, what gets them out of bed in the morning. I don't know what makes them tick. I don't get it. Roy can't read. Wah, wah. You know, not that compelling.
1: Yeah. Well, Alice, I mean, I think Alice's is simply survival, right? And yeah, I think she what, wants, now. She, you know, she wants to move back east. Yeah, and, but Roy's is not revenge either because it's odd when you see in Bill's kind of re-piecing together of the theft and the runaway. Like, it feels like he, his vision is that Roy wounded Frank on purpose when Roy could have easily blown his head off. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. He like, it shows him move the, move the rifle. Yeah. I just hope you've seen him. Don't tell us what happens, but I'm not
1: saying anything.
0: I I just hope I get more Roy and more Alice in the last three episodes.
1: Like, you know? like together.
0: No, no, I'm sure passion. we're going to get that yawn. I'm sure you want, I'm sure we're going to get that. My, no, my uh, question uh, is, are we going to get more of what makes them tick? Who the hell is no, Roy? No, I hear you. Who is Roy? Yeah. Even his backstory, he's mad at his old big brother because he rode away from the orphanage. But again, it, does something terrible happen to his big brother? And we're, try, you know, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, I do like the show and I, I particularly love the character of Bill. La- last thing to think about. I mean, you, you already said some of these scenes drag on too long, in your opinion. It's interesting. This it's a limited series, and yet each of these episodes is like an hour and fifteen minutes long. You know what I'm saying? There are there are like uh, rom coms that are <laughs> only five minutes longer than some of these episodes. Yeah, this you're show. right. Yeah. So we've got these all these little side things like whitey, like the the interracial tension with whitey and his love interest the buffalo soldiers and their place in society maggie being on the outs you know now we haven't seen the it's like we haven't even seen the mining company executives for an episode and a half it's it's there's just a lot of balls in the air they bailed out
1: what's that no i mean i was just i was joking the the mining execs got their deal and got out
0: Oh, 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 yeah, Which is so, basically so, so, how most
1: so, how most land based businesses seem to work in America.
0: Let me ask yeah, true. let me ask you this: do you think the show is trying to do too much to juggle too many plot lines?
1: yeah, well, that's we're flashing back to the first part of this conversation is that we have episodes we have scenes that run so long, and often in that nothing happens, right? It might be this extended nature shot or it might be this long sequence of Roy trying to train a horse or I mean, break a horse or teach Trucky how to ride a horse. But yet we have all these political sociological elements that just get no attention. And yeah. so, yeah, maybe, I mean, that could be one of its faults is that it's trying to shoehorn as much as it can into this world that quite frankly, it doesn't need it. it you know what it feels like to me? Uh, yeah. Man, I don't, I don't know if I can say this. Um, <laughs> it feels like to me they added the Buffalo Soldier Campground because if they didn't, they knew they would get reamed for being too.
0: Oh light. man, you are that. That's that's hot a take. Good, hot that's take. A
1: hot take. That's a hot
0: take. We need our hot take sound effect. And let me like take. This.
1: Can I do a tease? Because after you finish the show, it you might think even worse. Hot take. Hot, okay. t- hot tease.
0: All right, that's good. That's good. Well, I'm gonna have to find time to watch three more episodes this week. But I'm I'll pretty
1: sure you can find it.
0: I'll suffer for the golf Just get, Pour
1: yourself some whiskey and and watch it late at night. Bonded. Hey, we've I, got. If you like the show, I'd say I like a glass of bonded. We've got we've got some opportunities coming up, man. We've got th- we've got three options here, as far as I see it. Right. We've got Dark, which is the new Netflix series, which seems really intriguing out of Germany. We've got. Uh, waco which is going to be a limited series on the paramount network we've got access to that and around the corner we've got the path right we gotta we'll be too much path. longer so we've got three good options so you know get huh? through these next three episodes that way we can dive into something else
0: all right good deal yeah. well thanks everybody for listening to killer serials we're glad to be back man the good tv just keeps on coming it's hard to keep up there's so much good television out there so we love it. Thanks love for sticking it. Thanks. with us, people. Thanks for listening. And uh, find us on some social media. And we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Christ is the power in my 83 good men He is the power. Gone in less than five minutes. Is a fearful thing. The love where death can touch.
1: Where are all the men at? Mm-hmm. Dead. Bob took them. All of them. How has the town fared without any
0: men around? Someone's got to look after things around here. A town
1: full of ladies. Bang, bang. It's ripe fruit for the wicked. Bang, bang. Frank Griffin's been looking for Roy Good. He's going to kill anyone that Roy Good loves or cares about. people agreed let them walk their streets now they don't have no streets when he finds out who's living here god help you folks
0: mister we're a lot stronger than you think we are something i gotta finish
1: i'm bad luck we have that in common Here's the land of the blade. And the rock. It's godless country I used to shoot you down. So I'll talk about this like civilized folks. Sure, come on in. I suggest
0: we all first lower our weapons. Whoa.